I have I had to unmute. Ah. Let's hope it's recording both of us. Or is this going to be a very boring one-sided episode? I think I have agreed. Okay, that's be good. recorded now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh. Let's just wing it. We'll wing it. It's fine. So yeah. welcome to episode four. We're what doing... is it episode four yeah it is i know it feels weird doesn't it wow that's crazy i know we've actually done a few bits and also i think it feels weird because so much has happened since the start of the year yes lots of things have happened and also we're not together which feels wrong it feels very wrong it's the first episode where we've not been in the same room we are actually about 300 odd miles apart right now doing this via a team's call which feels very professional yeah so we hope that the sound's okay and that there are no technical difficulties this time still figuring it out for about 10 minutes before we tried to start this call katie sounded like a chipmunk and we couldn't figure out why I know we said in our last episode that came out at the beginning of the year, we were going to look at things like planning your time and all of those sort of things. And while they're really important, things have just been quite intense, I think, for both of us since then. And different things have happened. And it's sort of inspired the kind of discussion we want to have on this episode. And it's very much based around the fact that the PhD is meant to be three years when you're full time. But this is really rarely the case because a lot of the time life happens or things happen that mean you're going to take a lot longer than three years. Mm -hmm. People can take interruptions. It's really common. I did. I'll talk about it. Um, Other stuff can happen. Normal life also does continue whilst you go on this journey, believe it or not. Somehow, one way or another, you continue your normal personal life and things can happen in that that kind of aspect too. So academic, personal, whatever it is, there are hurdles that we have to jump. And sometimes that means that we need to take breaks or other things need to take priority. But yeah. A lot can happen and then like for me even like mine was going to take three years it took me four and a half I think to get up to the actual viva and about four and a bit for submission so I took that extra year and a bit and I pushed for an extension because sometimes you know my life was really busy because as Meg just said like your personal life does continue So my nan was unwell and then she passed away and then my dad was unwell. And these things just meant I had to put a bit of a pin in doing the work because I had other things to go take care of. I also worked um, during a lot of the time as well. So it was hard at times to get that balance right. And sometimes other things just are more important. And that's okay. It's okay to put a pin in it and it's okay to take longer than three years and you shouldn't feel any kind of guilt for doing so 
For sure. I mean, I started in September 2017 and went all the way through until March 2020, which was about two and a half years. So I was coming up to the last part of my funding. I only had six more months left. And then I decided that I needed to interrupt which is where you pause your academic studies. I mean, the reasons for that were due to supervisory team issues and some just not very nice things happened in that way. So ended up interrupting. And then I just didn't look at the PhD for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I think it was around August. 2021 that I picked it back up again with my new team well my new director of studies and uh, one of my previous supervisors Carol who is fabulous picked it back up again so I had about a year and a half in the middle of my PhD where I just didn't do anything related to it so picked it back up again and then had another what would it have been another year and a half till I submitted because all in all you are allowed four years aren't you if you're doing a full-time PhD you're allowed four years including your write-up year so a PhD full-time is three years but you also get this fourth year which they call a writing up year which generally you have to apply for and get accepted which is what Katie mentioned But so let's call it four years with that year. So obviously I had my last six months of funding because usually funded PhDs are three years. Then the fourth year you take unfunded. So I had my last six months of funding and then my unfunded write up year left. And you have this maximum submission date that you have to get to and they don't really let you play around with that do they I feel I haven't explained that very well but it is really confusing it is confusing because you you set up on a journey where it said it's three years but unlike the undergrad or the masters which is a set period of time you get this bit of extra time because they acknowledge that within three years you would have done quite a bit and you needed to have collected your data and completed any compulsory kind of courses you have to attend so I had to attend a number of hours of sort of research methods training and other sort of sessions related to the PhD in order to then move on to my writing up year so as we said we had to apply for it and whereas I was on an unfunded PhD so I was self-funded the entire time my writing up year was free so I didn't have to pay anything Um, But Mm. you didn't either, did you? You just didn't get your funding for that year. No, I didn't have to pay. I know some universities, you you do have to pay for it. I I feel it's around £400, but I could have plucked that number out of thin air, to be honest, at this point. I'm pretty sure it's around that. I think it is. I know it's very heavily discounted because you're not being taught. You're not really using the same Mm. level resources because even though you're being in contact with your supervisors that becomes much more limited because you 
you take ownership of the work it's then very much your piece and you sort of send them that final drafts of things and get that feedback back but the feedback is less than it is during you know the first one to two years which feels much more intensive on the feedback front yeah and I think it's really interesting as well that both of us took the entire four years that you're allowed for a full-time PhD I don't know how people do it in three no I mean so with mine I joined my when I joined my university it was the kind of thing where PhD students from all different faculties and schools all came together to do these kind of training sessions that you just mentioned mm-hmm. and it was pretty well known in our university that the sports PhD students would always finish within the three years and sometimes in two and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is impressive. And I, I do know a couple of people that did. Someone did a business um, PhD. When we say a business or a sports PhD, it's still just a PhD. It's just the topic and the field that they were focused in was Mm. sport so they did theirs in under the three years and then someone who was within like the education department with me did theirs in just over three Mm. um and I always think wow that's like it is incredible because I just couldn't personally I couldn't have done it in the three even if all the life stuff didn't happen I think I would have just really struggled to do it in three I feel like taking the writing up year was a real period of growth and development for just the way I saw things like my own writing everything Mm. really changed like even from the kind of middle of that so it was like August time so I was meant to submit in the September very end of September start of October because that was my end date that was the four years up Now, I applied for an extension because over the summer, obviously, my supervisors took annual leave. So I couldn't get hold of them because they were having a well-earned break. But this meant that I didn't have any feedback on that kind of final draft. So that was very nerve wracking. So I applied for the extension. I got given I could have requested more, but I requested a semester. So I had up until New Year's Eve um, of last, not last year, the year before. And that was really helpful because even the two, the difference between my final draft and then the final, final thing that I submitted was really quite substantial, especially my discussion chapter. That was completely different. Mm, yeah, it's worlds apart, isn't it? And and also I another kind of side note of that is I've been helping a friend apply for PhDs recently because it's application time, as we know. And it meant that I had to go back and dig out my PhD proposal and when I was reading through it I couldn't believe how different the final product was in comparison to what I proposed to the universities that I applied for so that's another element of this whole you know it's not linear things change yes in your personal life but also with the actual thing itself because you realize that oh actually you know maybe that's not the angle I want to take or there are external barriers that mean that you can't do certain elements of your project the way you had initially proposed 
so yeah I found it really interesting reading the proposals that I wrote and I thought it would be interesting just to share that you know obviously what you write for these things is important because because that's what's going to get you onto the course initially but actually once you're in it just always remember that it's your thing and it's up to you how you end up doing it obviously your supervisors are there to guide and as long as you're not trying to do something that's unethical or you know has already been done and all of that kind of stuff you know it's your thing it's your baby really yeah and it can change yeah and that's the nice thing like mine was definitely different from what I proposed and you just learn more and you find more through the reading and sometimes you just think I'm actually not that interested in this element but I'm really interested in this part so I'm going to change what I sort of set out to do and sometimes that does take longer and you need the time to then sort of think how do I approach this now because I was planning on doing something else Mm. yeah it does make a difference it's just yeah the process isn't linear and you'll hear things like oh it's a roller coaster and all of that and it really it is and there's just a lot of ups there's a lot of downs but there's those setbacks there's then times when you think oh my god I finally get it this is amazing and then the very next day you're like I'm an idiot like (laughs) yeah I've got no idea yeah those light bulb moments that then quite quickly can turn into those car crash moments <laughs> we still have mm. still regularly happen and I think a lot of that stems from things like imposter syndrome and that's a very normal thing to feel it's not nice and it'd be great if we didn't but they're just sort of normal feelings on this process and I think it's just a part of being I guess an adult is feeling imposter syndrome it's a topic we'll definitely have to cover in much more detail on one of our episodes for sure and it's so I catch myself when we're talking about things like this and obviously the point of this podcast is to share reality and you know normalize (laughs) not doing okay throughout this process And I remember talking to colleagues and other PhD students and people who had already done their PhDs when I was going through this period of struggling with my supervisors at the time. And they pretty much every single person said to me, oh, it's really common to take a break. It's really common to pause the PhD. You can take up to a year and you know, that's a really common thing to do. And it's totally, you know, normal, whatever normal means. But I didn't believe them. And I still felt this massive sense of failure and just disappointment in my decision to take the pause. And I just wish that I had believed what these people were telling me and didn't feel such a sense of shame. Yeah. No, 100%. It was, I remember when you went through it and it was really difficult for you. And it is normal. And I guess what we see a lot of the time or you might hear about is sort of the good side of things. So if you're on social media and you follow anyone's 
sort of PhD pages, a lot of time you'll see all the success and these are things that definitely should be shared, but you won't see, you know, the setbacks or the negative feedback that we get sometimes. And, and sometimes mm. it's really hard to take all of that. And it's okay to not have a good day for the day just to be like, you know what, this day was crap. Yeah, absolutely. And all of this stuff that we see on social media, whether that's, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it is, it's a highlight reel. People yeah. share the good points because that's the nature of it. That's the way it goes. Um, but I think there is a real understanding among PhD students whilst they're still students that everyone's sort of finding it tough and and trying to navigate a really weird field in academia that feels yeah. so foreign and and also quite you know with for us me and you Katie yeah. we went pretty much straight from our degrees being on the other side of it you know being undergraduate and master's students mm -hmm. to then being these postgraduate PGRs you know postgraduate researchers PhD students which feels so different to the type of university we were used to and also just navigating that in itself I and mean, getting used to that is not straightforward no it was a big it was just a big change and especially we were in our early to mid 20s and it felt like such a big jump like obviously you moved I suddenly was at a uni in London like these were just changes I wasn't probably prepared for um but it was a very steep learning curve which was worthwhile but it did take me by surprise and I was like whoa okay this is really different to what I'm used to yeah and that's okay and it's really it really does build bloody resilience <laughs> that's one word in the it. end um but yeah it's it's not straightforward things can happen I mean my situation was that my supervisor my supervisory team <laughs> essentially whatever really meant to be my supervisory team yeah. because the person who I was meant to have left for I started so I got put with a team of three supervisors which in itself is problematic and other people would probably tell you that three is is just too many heads oh, yeah, for one project <laughs> yeah so that was a problem all the way through and then it got to a point where I wasn't understanding some of the supervisors feedback and they weren't understanding why I wasn't understanding it um so we just got to this crossroads didn't know where to go didn't know which way to turn kind of thing hit a brick wall and I ended up making the decision to take the break and to be honest I thought I wouldn't come back but two of the team left the two who are who were causing the problems the one who was great stayed and I got a new director of studies and they were a fantastic team. 
yeah and it, it all worked out in the end but the break needed to happen as well I think that's another thing to mention is that yeah even though at the time it felt like the worst thing in the world and a failure it needed to happen because that's the only way that I ended up meeting my new director of studies and you know having this massive overhaul of the project and and my confidence as well so change is scary but can be really good in the end and just I think just always always listen to what it is that you want first yeah and not what others want definitely that kind of gut instinct as well and you know your project it's as you said earlier it's your baby so you know where you want to take it and your supervisors are there to give the guidance and that's why our last episode looked at those green flags and those sort of things that are important to consider when looking for a supervisory team because Meg's kind of story is what can happen if it doesn't go to plan Um, and that can make things a little bit challenging but it's also your story is when it does go to plan and they are those green flags you have that brilliant working relationship and the communication just flows and you create this brilliant piece of work and that's the nicety of when the team works yeah and then just to add I think the reason that my team didn't work my initial team didn't work was because they or or two of the team would give me feedback that I wouldn't understand but I would try to take their feedback on board almost too much well it was too much what there's no almost about it I essentially changed whatever they suggested and that ended up meaning that my project wasn't what I wanted it to be and that was the downfall yeah so that kind of goes with what you just said there you know it's your thing it's your project it's your baby listen take on advice but don't try to do everything that everyone tells you because that's gonna that's where you're gonna trip up really because you need to be able to defend your choices and if there's somebody else's you won't be able to defend and justify them you need to be confident in your own ability and your own knowledge base to be like I take what you've said on board but this is why I think I need to do this yeah for sure and I think that's a good point but yeah I guess overall it is just it's not a linear process and things are going to happen and it's okay if and when they do or you may get through the entire three years and absolutely smash it out of the park and brilliant we'd love to hear about that because it's always nice to share those good stories as well yeah well we will be back in another two weeks hopefully we're going to actually be able to get together but as I said at the start of this things have been rather intense for us both I've just started a new job um back in finally so I'm very happy with that but it's been very very full-on and Meg's been traveling and now she's back into teaching I have been to Marrakesh which is lovely and teaching starts on Monday we're back into it but yeah she didn't bring the sunshine back or at least the warmth 
back with no, her. I'm really, really sorry about that. And I'm really annoyed at myself too. <laughs> I'm a bit offended because <laughs> it's blimming cold. <laughs> it is blimming cold. But yeah, have a great week or a great couple of weeks. We're off to a conference next week together, which will be nice. Yes, we'll have some bits to share about that as well. And we will see you in two weeks. We will. Bye. Bye. Bye.